It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. Yeah, the president sounded like he's concerned about it, but no specifics, no change in policy. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. President Biden has a new crisis to deal with this week with the emergence of the COVID-19 Omicron variant. The president addressed the nation on Monday, encouraging Americans to get their COVID-19 vaccines. You have to get your vaccine. You have to get the shot. You have to get the, get the booster if you're... The sooner or later, we're going to see cases of this new variant here in the United States. We'll have to face this new threat just as we face those that have come before it. So how will President Biden whose campaign promised to shut down the virus, deal with this new chapter in the COVID-19 pandemic. For this and more, we'll bring in our panel. Member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board, Bill McGurn, political analyst, Juan Williams, and co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics, Tom Bevan. Tom, this is a new challenge, and the president's trying to deal with it, saying follow the science, but we've been all over the place on COVID-19. We have, and his administration in particular has struggled, you know, with the Delta variant and now this new variant, um, his handling of COVID, which was seen as one of his greatest assets during the campaign and in the early part of his presidency, the public has uh, lost faith a little bit in that. His, his approval ratings on that issue in particular are down. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the public responds. Uh, obviously, you know, the Biden administration just over the weekend came out with sort of mixed messaging. You know, first they weren't going to do a travel ban. Then they immediately followed that by doing a travel ban, but saying it wasn't starting until Monday. Um, so, you know, I think the, I think Biden in particular uh, wanted to get out in front of this, wanted to be public about it, and, you know, sort of reassert his, his um, reassurance to the American people that they're on top of this. He mentioned, he said, we're throwing everything at this. So he really wants the public to, to know that that they're doing everything they, they can to handle it, even as the public faith and, and trust in their in their handling of the of COVID to this point has really uh, has really suffered. Juan, we don't know yet all the effects of Omicron and and the scientists are saying maybe it's a little bit more mild, but maybe it's more transmissible, but it's early. Uh, yet it seems like the public is kind of tired of dealing with COVID-19. Overall, do you get that sense? I don't have any doubt. I mean, you know, one of the things about, you know, doing news analysis is you can just, I think, at some point, stop and listen to your own heart. And I think I know I'm just personally tired. I mean, it, it, it's two years. Uh, you know, it's it feels like an, a, a decade to me. Uh, I've had COVID. I've been through it. I just want it to be done. Brett. Just get it over. 
Yep. Bill, policy-wise, is there anything else this administration could be doing, do you think? Um, well, I think there are things that could not be doing. Um, you know, it, it's gone back on many promises from not having a vaccine, a vaccine mandate to uh, remember when Joe Biden um, criticized Donald Trump for a travel ban that he said was racist. So I think one of the problems is there, the, the government is now acting from a low credibility rating. It seems to me that what the, uh, the new variant confirms is the idea we're going to have to learn to live with with COVID. You know, there may be other variants to come and so forth. We can't just shut everything down um, when it comes. And that means setting priorities. And I think vaccination is a good priority for people to to set. But there, I think there's there's been a lot of confusion about the message. For example, um, are vaccines the way to protect the vaccinated? Or are they more or less protected? I, I mean, it seems to me that the message of vaccination should be to protect the unvaccinated who are most at risk. People can get a variant and can get can and do get Delta, even if they've been vaccinated. But so far, it doesn't seem to have been uh, very serious. So I, I think what they have to do is regroup and um, look to evaluate risk benefits Um that way instead of just you know it just seems that the messaging you know initially it seems that the messaging is if donald trump did x we're going to do y um and now it just seems like kind of they're they're grabbing on things to make it look like the government's doing something overall i think the president is right to say that we need not panic you know we should take this seriously but not panic and he also said we have a lot more tools at our disposal now um not just the vaccines but diff different other treatments and i think we need to emphasize that and mostly what we need to do is identify who's really at risk and how we mitigate that well i just want to i just go ahead in there and say that i couldn't agree more but i uh, one element I would add to Bill's prescription for this illness is more testing. I think we've got to do a better job of getting testing out there so we can quickly identify and isolate uh, areas where, there, where outbreaks are occurring. I think we've got to do a better job of that. And I think we've got to encourage people to get vaccinated. We've heard from the president already that he believes boosters right now are an essential part of this prescription. So I think that, you know, to me, we do have the tools, as was said earlier, we do have the tools. We're not going back to point zero in this. We have already come a long ways in terms of having a vaccine, knowing that mass and social distancing work. And I think we just need a greater emphasis right now on testing to get ahead of this. Juan, let me just ask you about the criticism from African nations that wealthy nations are hoarding vaccines and that's part of the problem and that this is a world issue and they feel slighted by this travel ban. Like from that perspective, from where they sit, what, what's the response to all that? Well, I think they have every right to say that they feel slighted. It's just a difficult challenge for developed countries you know, oftentimes it's the case, Brett, that with these vaccines, you have to hold them at very low temperatures. So you have to create facilities, structures, uh, not only to transport, but to store on site and to deliver the vaccines. This, you know, the, President Biden has done a great deal in terms of committing American resources and subjected himself to great criticism 
from some who say, let's protect the home first. But he said this is a global pandemic. And, you know, evidence by what happened now with this new omnivirus is that you can't protect, you can't say that your borders are shut to the virus. The virus will come. So we've got to do something. But in terms of shutting down the, the travel, you know, Israel is doing it, some other countries, but I don't think it's proven to be effective in the past. And I don't know that it will keep it out now. Yeah. We'll hear from our panel after this. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Uh, Tom, politically, uh, it's a dangerous topic. It's, you know, the, there's a lot of factors that, that come in here about how this administration deals with it, how states deal with it, uh, let alone the overarching uh, policy issue of how this administration deals with COVID and China. You know, it is interesting that the WHO skipped over uh, Xi or Xi uh, as the letter to Omicron. I mean, right. saying that it was a popular family name. Well, it's a popular family name for the leader of China. Right. And, uh, that's pretty interesting in and of itself. I mean, it, look, that kind of silliness just confirms for the people who are already have lost faith or, or are skeptical about the government and its motives or public health experts, that kind of stuff just reinforces the idea that this is all just a joke. You know, Biden being caught over the weekend, you know, maskless in a, in a store that said, you know, masks required. And, uh, you know, I mean, th- that kind of thing is is uh talk about being tired of it i think there are a lot of folks who are tired of that and i'll go back to bill's point unfortunately you know people getting vaccinated to protect the unvaccinated the way that this thing has become so political and people have become so dug in and you know the Biden administration you remember i mean this was kind of a instead of working with red state governors and saying how can we help vaccinate your populations what can we do how can you know how can we tackle this problem you know, Biden came out and was like, hey, if you're not with me, you're against me. I'm going to move you out of the way. That's exactly what he said. And so this idea now the vaccinated, the unvaccinated are, are seen by the vaccinated in some circles, particularly liberal circles as being sort of, you know, unclean or unwashed or, or something of that nature. I mean, it's just it's become so political uh, and the administration has participated in making it political with vaccine mandates now. And on down the list that I, I don't know that we're ever going to that the, that the administration can sort of reboot or hit a restart button and, and regain credibility or regain some sort of, you know, bipartisanship uh, that that stuff is that ship has sailed. It sailed a long time ago, and I don't think it's coming back. Bill, I mean, you look at some of these places where that are dealing with or starting to plan out how they're going to accommodate a third of their workforce that says they don't want to get vaccinated. Some of them are healthcare workers choosing against vaccination for one reason or another, and others are emergency workers. And by these mandates in different states, they're not working or won't be. Right. Well, I think, again, this this is what comes from politicizing the issue. You know, in some ways, it's unfair to blame Joe Biden for the new variants and the, the problems we have. But in many ways, it's karma coming back to Biden. Remember, his promise in 2020 that he was the man to shut COVID down. 
And uh, he also said during campaign debate, anyone who is responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. At the time, there were 220,000 COVID deaths. This year, we've had 350,000. I mean, people can't help comparing the before and after. So I think he's reduced the credibility the government needs to take actions. And I'm very skeptical of mandates because I think you have what you see now. You have people you know, being forced out of the workforce and so forth. I just don't think that's the way um, that we're getting there. I also think, you know, on, on for example, the OSHA rule, um, it's probably unconstitutional. So I think what Joe Biden's given us is a lot of confusion. You know, it's a lot easier to criticize from the safety of your house in Wilmington than it is to be president. And he he's put himself in a very bad place on a many, many of these things. And he may not want to be, but um, one Tony Fauci has become a political figure by some of the things he said. And um, he just recently in this interview over the weekend said, you know, for the lawmakers who criticize him, they are criticizing science because he said, quote, I am science. (laughs) Um, Those things don't really help him, do they? I think they do. And let me just say, you know, I think I'm a little bit of the skunk at the garden party here, but. To my mind, it's the right that has politicized this issue. And, you know, to me, it's a false equivalency to talk about the number of deaths that took place under President Trump versus the number of deaths under President Biden. Clearly, President Biden has taken this seriously from the campaign to this point. One of the problems for President Trump was that he tried to dismiss it, say that it was akin to the common cold. It would be gone by Easter A lot of that is remembered. And I think that's why if you look at, you know, the Gallup poll, even with Biden's numbers down in the low 40s, I think he's about 42 percent in Tom's real clear politics average. um, You know, what you see is that he still is above water when it comes to his handling of the coronavirus. And with regard to Dr. Fauci, remember, Dr. Fauci was being is being accused of a crime. And it's being said that he should be prosecuted by Republican senators. And what exactly is this crime? Well, he's, he's saying, well, he lied about giving money for research over in China that allowed this disease to become more virulent. I mean, it's, it's wild. There is no basis for such a heavy charge. And it seems to me highly political. That's why I feel, I, I guess I agree. I, I think it was uh, Bill who said, you know, a reset. Let's get away from this politics. This is a challenge to us as Americans to our economy, to keep our schools open, to be able to visit with our friends, to go to the ballgame. Why can't we just say, hey, you know what? This is an American issue and we can take it on. Let's get vaccinated. Let's get those boosters. Yeah. And I think the president says that. Let me just clarify one thing in that uh, Tony Fauci uh, testified in Congress that the U.S. had not spent money on gain of function research at the Wuhan lab in China. And it turns out that there was funding that the Chinese used for what was gain-of-function research, altering a genome of a virus. Now, the linkage between that and whether that caused COVID-19 is not there. The question is whether by changing the definition of of gain-of-function in the NIH, whether Tony Fauci was telling the whole truth to Congress, and that's the allegation. Let me just clarify that. Tom, I want to leave it with this. The president's numbers are still soft. He still has this massive bill up on Capitol Hill. 
um, that is in jeopardy. Um, is this president right now and this party looking at the numbers you look at vulnerable? Vulnerable to what? <laughs> vulnerable to losses, astronomical losses coming oh. next year and vulnerable to not getting this bill through because he doesn't have big coattails. The answer to both questions is yes. I mean, in the, in the short term, the immediate problem they have, obviously, is, is they passed this bill out of the House. Um, it's, it doesn't look like it's going, you know, it's, it's going to, the Senate's going to do their own thing, right? Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are going to write the bill that they want, and, and Senate Democrats are going to have to suck up and vote for it. And then you're going to have two separate bills, right? That, and so the answer to that is either, either you take the Senate bill and you put it on the floor of the House and, and the progressives have to suck up and vote for that bill and it passes exactly as the Senate wrote it, then it goes to the president's desk, or they have to do a conference committee and they, they put representatives from the House and the Senate in the room and they hammer out some sort of compromise and details. I don't think either of those things seems likely. I, I, there, I think there are people who disagree with me, but I just I'm not sure that that the political incentives are aligning from the different wings of the party to make that to, to get the unity that they need to have in both chambers with their margin so small. So I, I'm skeptical, you know, it, and if anything, it's going to it's going to take weeks and or months. We'll be into the next year. We'll be into the midterm year. And as to next November, I mean, absolutely, the Democrats, if they don't get their numbers up, if Biden's approval stays where it is, if inflation gets, uh, you know, stays where it is or gets worse, uh, they're in for an absolute, absolute thumping. I mean, this Washington Post poll, they came out with a generic congressional ballot with Republicans up, I think, what was it, eight or 10 points? It was the highest in the in the 50-year, 40-year history of that poll. Um, in the battleground, the Senate battleground states, just the eight Senate battleground states, four of which are Democrat, four of which are Republican, the, the Republican lead was, tw- I think, 23 points, which is, if if that actually stays and is is legitimate and real, and that's what it what it is on election day, Republicans are going to win all of those Democratic seats, and and they'll probably win places like Colorado. They might even win Washington State or Oregon. I mean, there are uh, there are plenty of Democrats who get could get swept away based on the numbers that we see now. Now, obviously, there's there's a year between now and then, so the Democrats have time to recover. But but absolutely vulnerable uh, as things stand right now to a historic historic uh, midterm losses next year. Yeah. As you say, 11 months is a long time and we'll follow it. Panel, thanks so much. Here's a bit of U.S. history on November 29th, 1877. Thomas Edison demonstrated the phonograph for the first time after announcing his invention a few days earlier. The device was used as a way to record and play back sound. He stumbled onto one of his greatest inventions while working on a way to record telephone communication at his laboratory in Menlo Park, New Jersey. His work led him to experiment with a stylus on a tinfoil cylinder, which to his surprise, played back the short song he had recorded, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Public demonstrations of the phonograph made him world famous, and he was dubbed the Wizard of Menlo Park. There you have it. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and review. We want to hear from you. For Juan and Bill and Tom, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time.
the Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.